Welcome back to Out on a Limb podcast with part two of our conversation with David Manning. So without further ado, let's get right on into it. Um, I feel like when you're looking up to the side, sometimes I feel like you are, um, and I'm sure this isn't it, but I feel like you're seeing all kinds of things and you're kind of dumbing it down for us. No, I mean, I, I'm, it's not, it's, you know, I'm, I'm probably pulling or drawing on energies because I'm thinking, oh God, I can't think of the words here. And, and so the words come in, but, um, but I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not seeing lots of, of, I'm not, there's not a host of angels gathered around here. <laughs> or they might be actually, but I'm not, I'm not aware of them. Yeah, yeah it, just, just off screen, there's a whole, you know, nest of <laughs> Yeah. Well, do you know who the, who are the guides that work with you primarily? Because you work with all sorts of energies, but what about on a daily basis personally? On a daily basis, personally, it is primarily what I would term my, my higher self, my greater self. And that's a constant, that's like a constant presence. And that is a constant presence for all of us. Um, But we do tend to have quite a few layers between us and, and it, um, and of course, that's that's it's all us in that sense. Um, so that's the the closest thing, and that's it's just like the tiniest shift of attention, you know, a tenth of a degree from this everyday waking consciousness to that to, and it, it's like oh yeah, <laughs> um, and so that that used to be something that I made much more difficult, but I think it's always that easy because it is, it is what we are, but we have made, um, we've made such a meal of separation over many thousands of years. We've, we've made a lot of that and it isn't, you know, it is um, as close to us as our breath in that sense. But 10, is it 10 years ago, 13 years ago now, in 2010, the lion headed beings, um, that we know from Egypt, then Sekhmet, the goddess Sekhmet, is the primary one that we know of. Um, they came in, and it started off as as regular lions being present in meditation, and then the, over some time they evolved into the lion headed beings, and they would take me out of body on on journeys to other um, other planets actually, and to temples on other planets, and um, and they said to me you know they introduced themselves as architects and geneticists and designers um and they said that they had been that one of their roles is to gather dna from all over the universe so that when a planet is ready to begin the experiment of hosting life they are some of the primary movers of that they bring a lot of dna in to begin that process um and they said to me, you're one of us, you're the one on the ground, and there's a team of us that will work with you and through you. And I know that they they have trained me and to hold large fields of energy, and they participate in that so that when we're working on a teleconference, they uh, they do that, you know, they, they hold that. But they also remind me, and they often come into one-to-one sessions, and when they come in, there's a big genetic activation happening. So somebody is is getting a, a, a big surge of energy through their uh through their DNA that helps them to become aware of their cosmic origins. Um and I think that's you know, a lot of that is happening on the planet. We are needing that at the moment to break out of the mindset that um because you know, just as we have closed our individual fields, then the planetary field has also been locked into a very insular um, way of viewing things. And that isn't how it was um, thousands of years ago. My my vague memories are that this was a very free-flowing um, interplanetary way station, in a sense, with lots of, of movement back and forth between um, star, uh, other, other, star systems and dimensions and there was a very free exchange and now we're in this very um <laughs> limited perspective and limited view and i think you know that still goes on in some um in many ways but it isn't yet and it's sort of bubbling under 
conscious it's about to it always seems to be about to to, to make the the big breakthrough and it, i think most people are very aware that there are um I and mean, it seems a silly thing to say, doesn't it, even, that, but that, that we are not the only sentient beings in this universe. Most people are, are aware of that. But it hasn't fully been acknowledged as a planet, in a sense. And that when it is, and I think I think it's not that far away, um, that will involve a really lovely uh, dismantling of a, of a shield that is, you know, an energetic shield around the planet that keeps us in a limited... Um, view of the universe and our place in the universe. That is so fantastic that you just brought this up at this time in history, because that's exactly what I'm getting and what <laughs> book is about, the origin story. And hopefully it'll be available for purchase next week. But the point is that that didn't come from me either. That was a transmission from the 12 starseed source clusters that founded our universe. Wow. And so those are some of the things that they talk about is the architecture of our not just our planet, but the whole universe and how that came into being and how the 12 all had different roles and, and pieces to play. And it needs to come out now. Yeah, We're getting it, I'm getting it. A lot of people are being yeah. downloaded with this information now. And the thing that they told me originally, right from the get-go is just let these transmissions flow. Do not put a timeline on them. It's all orchestrated. So don't get upset if you know you have a hiccup or there's a hitch or it takes a little longer because it needs to come out when it's ready to come out. And so I think this is this book is going to come out right on the leading edge of whatever is about to be disclosed in the next year or two. Beautiful. Sounds and what have you called the book? It's called The Origin Story. Mm -hmm. Um Rediscovering Our Galactic Ancestors. So exactly about our ancestry we humans yeah. have been hidden from us for so long and it, you know there was a lot of tampering you know with our genetics along the way and and i was that story i mean before i'd even heard about the the anunnaki or anything like that i was experiencing that story coming alive in in in, in my cell structure it was the weirdest two or three weeks where these energies would be erupting and emerging and, and I would be looking and, and it's like, oh, that's, and I could just see these patterns that were about um, genetic manipulation and locking down um, a species into a slavery, you know, um, system, a slavery mentality. And, and, and then as it had settled in my system, I met somebody who, who reflected that story back to me in a way that it was like, Oh, that's the story that's been playing out in my body. And she, she, um, she had written about it too. And, uh, and, and so things have often happened that way for that. They land here or they'll up well here in me. And then very quickly, there'll be a, an external um, confirmation in a sense, which is, uh, which is a good way to go about it for me because that helps that process of trust too. And, um, what what i've just been made aware of is 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 what i need to uh move into now is a state of complete uh self-acceptance and it's like oh i'm not there yet so i, I just have to to work on total self-acceptance and i don't know what that looks like yet because i haven't paid any attention to that this was something that landed just two days ago and i thought oh, i will I will get there over the next um, the next few days, but I haven't even paid attention to what is it I'm not accepting yet. Um, and I think actually, even as I'm saying that, it's more because I've done so much, um, you know, really quite dense, dark shadow work. I'm okay with walking through my shadowy aspects. Um, I've seen a lot of really unpleasant stuff in in other times too, and we have all played all ends of the of the spectrum in a sense we have to play all ends of the spectrum in order to to learn the ropes in a sense and to recognize actually that it's 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 a game that we're playing here um but what i think we really have to move into accepting and this is i'm very aware that when something starts to emerge for me because my my system is mapped very much to the collective so that it, it's it's like it starts to emerge here and it's because this is what the collective is is moving into so i think there are a lot of people on the planet that act as 
uh, like signaling points for the collective in a sense, you know, and, um, and I'm one of those. And so I think this deep self-acceptance, not of our darkness, but of our power, you know, as Marianne Williamson said it very, very eloquently, then it, it's that that we have to um, allow and accept now is, is, is the power that we are, the unlimited uh, universal power that is available to us. And, um, and that's, that's the next step, you know. Well, and like you said earlier, it's, um, you know, we're not, and, and Marianne Williams says this as well, we're not so much afraid of what will happen. We're afraid of the success of it, right? We're not afraid of failing as much as we're afraid of what success looks like and do we deserve that? Are we yeah. worthy of that? Um, and, you know, you described Maybe that with persecuted when you were dragging your feet for so many years about not wanting to to get into this work. And though you, you knew you were being called and you wanted to on one level, but you didn't. Right. Self-sabotage. Yeah. So yeah. But because you work so much with the energies of the collective and Will has experienced this before, too, where you sense into the collective, mm -hmm. how do you personally distinguish between what is yours and what is the collective's when there is something going on in your field so that people can, you know, if it is the collective, you can let go of that um, and go, oh, this is not mine. This is either theirs or this is the collective. How do you, how do, you do that for listeners who struggle with that? And I think that, that a lot of us are, are feeling that, you know, the collective is, is, I mean, we're a very easily manipulated species in a sense, a very easily trained species. Um, <clears throat> and that the efforts being put into that are, are massive at the moment. And and um, this was one of the lovely things that I saw the other day was this heart field. Now, now I remember what I was talking about on Sunday's teleconference <laughs> um, was the the expanding heart field that is deeply connected to the planetary heart field it's not so much a personal heart field that's opening out it's the universal heart field that is expressing itself through each of us and it's becoming it's like so we're all connecting those those of us that are open to us to this and many that aren't even aware of it particularly are um having a lot of energy moved through their heart fields at the moment, moving personal wounding out of the way, but deepening into the universal heart field. This is connecting right the way around the planet and building a planetary heart field. Um, now, this is becoming independently intelligent. I was sitting in the garden meditating on this, and I saw this field of energy just leave my my heart and I was like watch watching it go and I asked where, where is this going and it, I was told literally it's going off to work and it was like and as that phrase landed I understood that we are in a place now where this planetary heart field is become this planetary heart intelligence is becoming active and so at some level I have offered my heart field for um or made it available and i think you know i'm not just saying oh, aren't i wonderful many of us have done you millions of us have have signed up and that the signing up happens deep in the in the unconscious somewhere um where we have said yeah move energy through my heart for the collective um and i'll never know where that blob of energy was heading off to but it would have gone somewhere on the planet where it was needed um and i think that's happening all over the planet now um and what was whispered into my ear and i was i was in a place of doubt with this was that this planetary heart field um if we become conscious enough about it we can use this to hold the field of artificial intelligence and give it a structure into which it sits and is guided by um and that gave me a, a lot of hope, I thought, because from what we're hearing now, and there's a lot of information all of a sudden coming out about artificial intelligence, it, you know, it could be um, disastrous. So it needs this bigger field of heart intelligence um, to hold it and to and to guide it. Um, 
that wasn't the the the, the question you asked at all. <laughs> That's important, but that also means that more of us are going to be feeling this stuff of activated, the collective. Uh, yeah, activated and sensing mm -hmm. in those in into those right. moments of, of saying, you know, a piece of piece of my heart field has gone off to do some work. And that's a great way to look at it. Because a lot of us when we feel that presence of energy that may overwhelm us at that point, it's not we're associating it as we're taking on something or it's maybe our physicality or our physical space, our physical energies, you know, imparting some sort of, um, you know, uh, consequence, I guess you could yeah. say, but in reality, and I like the way you said it, we're actually allowing a piece of us to go out and be part of the greater collective and do the work that it needs to do, whether we are realizing that or not at the moment, but now if we can put our construct around that, our, our understanding around that, that makes it a lot better because you know, for me, I've I have sensed those moments throughout the collective consciousness of the of the planet when there are, you know, uprisings of of, mm. of despair or whatever. I feel it, and mm. I get on, and I have, and it took me a while to understand. Wait, this isn't me. So now I have to just process, let it process through me, because that's what my role is. I've got to allow that to transmute through me, um, and it took a while to get there, but. You know, now I understand it when that happens. I still question it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Is this me? Is it not me? You know, what's going on? But I like the way you put it as far as you know, letting that heart field go out and, and do its work the way it's supposed to be doing it. So. Yeah, I think. And, and the, the, the lovely thing is, it's not even our energy. It's this universal heart that just moves and, and you know it feels amazing when that energy is surging through you because it's <laughs> it's it's the universe expressing itself um and our heart field is 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 in a huge process of expansion at the moment and um and i think this becomes it's always been the place where i have you know every time i would go into meditation and ask oh, what 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 should i focus on today it's always Drop into your heart, drop into your heart, drop into your heart. And always I forget and go ask the question. And then it's like, drop into your heart. Always start there. Always go there first. And then, you know, something else will happen. But that has always been the um, the point of grounding, in a sense, the framework. Open this field and then lots of other stuff can happen. But until I would open this field out, not much else is is, is moving, you know. Um but to answer, go back to your question, then the uh, how do I differentiate between me and the collective? And in a way, it's like, you know, we can't because we are the collective. So we can't separate ourselves out. And it is about awareness, I think, because soon as as soon as I become aware of, oh, this anxiety isn't actually mine, I'm not actually feeling anxious myself but i've just walked into a field of anxiety as soon as i opened the front door um oh this is this is planetary anxiety and you know there's a lot of that being stimulated at the moment by our news stories and, and whatever else um and it, i think as soon as i become aware then that really helps because it sort of falls apart in my in my field then as soon as i know that oh i haven't generated this i'm not frightened of you know the day ahead this is i've just walked into a field of energy and then i have the choice do i take this on and move it through me and i think a lot of us that's what we used to do we were trained to work for the collective by moving collective energy through by processing it through our system and i don't think that's a useful thing anymore it's like to recognize oh this isn't my energy and we can instruct our field to let it go um and because the field were only <laughs> this was shown to me a few years ago and it's a lovely thing it's it's like we're sitting at the controls of an extraordinary extraordinary spaceship um and we're just learning you know, we've been given the, the operating manual and we're just learning what this button here does, what this does. But our field is this extraordinary multidimensional ship of light that is eternal um, and carries us through our lifetimes on this extraordinary journey where, where we've all embarked upon. And within our field each of us as individuals everything is encoded there that we will ever ever need um 
And we're just learning now. It's like we've been given the operating manual and we're just learning how to use it. And so as we become more confident in giving our field instructions, um, it will show us <laughs> what we currently term as miracles, but which are actually a natural part of our process. Um, it'll show us what it's capable of. So letting go of collective energy is an instruction um mm. and then you can program your field in effect to not pick up anything that isn't isn't yours in the first place and that takes a little bit of because we've been so brainwashed into the other it just takes a bit of repetition but the field then knows and so it doesn't do that in the way that it used to before it was like walking in a swamp being part of the swamp and now it's it's like floating across the surface of the swamp and you can dip your hand in and have a feel of it if you want, but you don't have to dive out of the boat and and um and half drown in order to to um uh, to familiarize yourself with it, if that makes sense. That's my experience anyway, that it's it's uh, our field and the field capacity is just starting to come online and and we are going to be amazed at the capabilities of this um this multidimensional piece of kit that we've all been um, issued with. <laughs> oh, I was just saying that it, the um, it, that concept that you're talking about, if I've been aware of that concept, I've taught it to all my clients, you know, the, the fact that recognize whether it's yours or not, release it. And the way you just expressed it, like I never looked at it like it's part of a larger collective that it's mm. i mean i just thought you know it's the energy around you you're sure. picking up something but you're saying it's a lot bigger than that like it is the collective you know like what the media is programming and things that are going on in certain parts of the world that it is somehow you're stepping into this what is it a, a, like a cloud of this energy like it's just it's like a soup, isn't it? It's like a, it's like a, sometimes it's like a thick, messy soup, isn't it? But, and that's why it's important for us to, it's becoming more and more important. And it's always been, you know, all traditions have always focused on this, that it's really important to be aware of where you place your attention, because that, you, you just draw energy into yourself as you, as you give it attention. Um, and it's not about denying what's happening on the planet, um, but it's about being very selective about how much of your time and energy and attention you give. And to recognize also that <laughs> joy is a field of energy, too, that it's important for us to generate um, and to to hold and and offer and to expand on this planet Um because, you know, we get to choose the level of frequency we modulate ourselves at. Uh, and But we also get to choose what frequencies we're downloading. And now I think it's also really important that, um, and a useful thing to do as, as a meditation, a lovely thing to do as a meditation, is simply to offer yourself as a channel of light for the planet. And to take you know, five minutes a day doing that is like a, a supercharge for you at a person level, but you're also really being of amazing service to to the whole planetary collective then, not just the human collective, but the planetary collective, because these energies from, and you have to focus outside of the planetary field, yeah? So maybe go to the sun um, or to the cosmos, but, but intend to be outside of the planetary field and you focus out there and you're bringing that energy in and you're taking it, underneath um, or into the energies of the new earth so that that's what you're amplifying and bringing um, bringing more into the collective consciousness, I think is, is um, and I think that's an important thing to do now and a, a very, very uh, supportive thing to do for yourself as well as, um, as well as the collective. So shifting gears, I have an interesting question. I, I imagine you've been to the States. I love I mean, I'm, and I think I'm going to go there again, you know, fairly soon within the next year or so. Um, but I haven't been there for a long time. But I, I did um, years and years ago. I, I I spent a year in New York um, in 1986, 87, uh, and 
then in 1997, I, I, I spent seven months traveling across North America. So I flew into Denver and bought a, a station wagon and drove thousands and thousands of miles through Wyoming on Montana and um, up into British Columbia and, and and just had the just the best time. It was amazing. But I love the landscape of North America. It's 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 epic. We don't have landscape like that here in the UK. It's it's we have a beautiful landscape, but but it's not it's not um, just the sheer majesty that is present in the states, and uh, and that's quite breathtaking. So I wonder, you know, the UK because it's so old, comparatively speaking, to the US. Mm-hmm we're quite new. There is a lot of history and there's a lot of history with psychical studies and mediumship and metaphysical things that we don't necessarily have a history of in the United States. So from that kind of a perspective, I imagine there's some pros and cons about being in that older energy of the UK. I mean, you're a little more supported. Maybe people don't look at you like you're weird if you go out and say you're a medium like they do in the States often. But does that is that also a hindrance um, because of the old school way of doing things, for example, or the older energies of whatever the inquisitions and things like that? What do you think about the differences there? What I noticed when I was in the States was that it's like here. um, It's a couple of thousand years since truth was lived and walked in this country. Um, and by truth, I mean, you know, native tribes that um, that were deeply in touch with uh, with nature and, and understood truth. And I think it's a long time. And the Romans came along, um, they invaded this country. Uh, and did they come, I think it was, was it just before or just after the birth of Christ? So, so it's about 2000 years ago anyway. And they killed off the last of the Druids who held a field of wisdom um, in Europe. Uh, So there have been a lot of layers of suppression over that time. And and you can really feel that. But when you grow up in a place, that's just what you grow up in and you don't you don't know it. You know, Um, so going to the States that energy was very, very close to the surface, you know, and I was spending a lot of time in wilderness um, places up in mountains and, and by lakes. And, and so you could feel the, um, the Native American history and that the planet or the landscape had been honoured uh, and worked with. That was just beneath the surface in a lot of places, not across the whole of the country, but, you know, it was much more present and, um, and that was beautiful. So, but this landscape also has some real ancient mystery and magic that is is very powerful. Um, and that is coming more and more to the surface again. And I think a lot more people are working with it again. So really, and that's all it takes. I think, it, you know, those energies drop deeper if they're not actively worked with. We've also been through a time of thousands of years where those energies were actively withdrawn by the earth, you know, where we weren't meant to, we were on a deep exploration of density and darkness and now that time is coming to an end. So those energies are coming back to the surface again. So, and that's happening right the way around the planet. There's just perhaps a bit more of, of, of a clear up job to do here. Something that was interesting, another time I was in the States back in 2004, and I'd spent weeks in uh, in, in Sedona, in Arizona. And I, a lot of that time I was just lying on rocks, hot rocks, in the sun by a very cold river. And I would spend hours a day in that place. And I knew that I was literally drawing up memory from deep in the land um, into my body. And so my connection with the earth had gone very deep in that time where I spent weeks just lying in these rocks. And I came back, I flew back to, uh, to London and I was confused and I couldn't work out what was going on. And I still had this very deep anchoring into the earth. But what I could feel and what I could see was the class structure laid out in this country. And it was an actual structure. 
an energetic structure that people anchored into, they grounded into their, their track line, if you like, their class. And this is your place and you don't move out of that place. You stay on that track line and that's how you live your life. And it was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe how, how extraordinary that was that we at some level have decided that that's that's what we would create, a rigid field of energy that would hold people in place. And that's, you know, that's probably across Europe. And you didn't have that in the States. Now, you have your own class structure and it's based around money. You know, very much money is king there. Here, it's position and history and now money much more. But it, I, it was, I was astounded that collectively over hundreds, thousands of years, we've created this structure. And usually people would anchor into that and then never allow their earth connection to go any deeper, to take them out of that into some deeper wisdom. They would stay within the track line of what was regulated for them. And now, of course, that is breaking up much more, but it was it's a strong structure. <coughs> so... um. Yeah, those are just some insights I had had into energies in the landscape and how they impact us, really, you know. Um, I brought that up, though, because I've got, I, I've worked with someone, you know, acquaintance of mine um, over in, I don't know, she's north of England, or in London, I can't remember exactly where. Um, and she wants to embrace, you know, this whole thing of feeling good and, you know, light. And um, she works for the NHS and um, the National Health System and just, is so depressed because they don't allow for any new ideas, new ways of working with people and so forth. And so she feels so confined, but she's been given this vision of a whole other way that you can live your life and, and feel joyous and all this stuff. But she is locked into like, you know, I did a channeling session for her and she's, it is this whole thing of shut up, let's go to the pub. You know, it was like just this, you know, in, and the only way that I could sense that she was going to break free of that was, I mean, her husband wasn't going to break free of it. You know, it was like she was going to have to make that decision and kind of be a loner, live on the, you know, on the outskirts of that until everybody else catches up. So it's, it's good to hear that that is changing because that was like, how do you, you can't help someone that's dealing with that much of a force. Or do you? But, you know, I mean, the awakening process, it doesn't matter where you are, you all have to, we all have to face that, don't we? We all have to make the choices that will take us on our awakening journey because everybody, or perhaps not everybody, but many, many people get the awakening impulse. And I think many people weigh up the risks of, <laughs> if I do this, my whole life is going to fall apart. And then many people just push that back down again and think, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take that risk. I'm in a comfortable job, comfortable relationship, married, kids, house, car, dog. I'm not because a lot of that would fall apart if you mm -hmm. if you take the risk. Or maybe it wouldn't, you know, who knows? Because this intelligence that arises always has our best interests at heart. But miracles happen when you give space to it. You know, what we call miracles, it's just magic and energy working, isn't it? But, um, but you know, a lot of us feel the impulse and then weigh up the risk to our current life situation and think, no, I'm not doing that. So it doesn't matter what country you're in, that those, those um, yeah, those issues are the same for the awakening process the world over, I think. And, I, you know, maybe it is, when you're working in in a in a big organization like the NHS, well, you've chosen to spend a lot of your time in a a very structured field. Um, now that has ramifications for how you live your life. You know, I mean, <laughs> I love the NHS. It has saved my life on many many occasions, and I think it's a wonderful wonderful uh, system. I really do. It's being decimated by our current government and i think we will all suffer horribly because of that but it's a it's a vast dense system that that serves well if you're in medical crisis but if you're not then use other approaches and she might have to 
you know, you've got to take risks and step out of our comfort zone. All of us have had to do that to follow, to follow our heart, to follow our truth. And um, well, if she's getting that impulse, then wouldn't you know? If if you're being guided, if you're following that, then wouldn't you eventually land on your feet? I mean, of course, yeah, totally, totally. I think um, you don't know that, do you? You don't know that. And, you know, it's terrifying when those um, impulses start to arise. Yeah. I love that. It's a risk-benefit analysis that we all have to do. Yeah. And, I mean, it comes down to, you know, when we we realize that really the universe is working for us, not against us, when we can can surrender to that, then we see the majesty and the beauty in it. And, I mean, I went through that myself. I mean, I... My, when I first started channeling, they said, you're going to be stepping away from the current business that you're in. And, you know, you're going to step away and do this work full time. And I was like, no, I'm not. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. I like what I'm doing. And, you know, I like the paycheck and everything else. Yeah. And um, they said, you're going to see a sign. And I kept avoiding the signs. I mean, even though they weren't there, but they, you know, they, but finally the biggest sign came and I was like, oh, and I literally sat in a meeting one day and it was as plain as day and I knew it. I was like, I just, I sat in my chair and I just sat back. I'm like, there's my sign. I gotta go. This is it. And, and I you've did. been supported. And I, and, and I didn't, I haven't looked back and I, and I've trusted that the universe is going to provide ever since. And they have, and it has, and I, and I, and I've stopped fighting the universe. And I think when we, mm-hmm. when we can look at our existence as one that either we're going to fight the universe tooth and nail, or we're going to, join in partnership with the universe harmony harmony with the universe <laughs> everything is everything is laid out because yeah. in reality we've created exactly what we're wanting and yeah. we have to accept that if we fight what we're what we've created then it's all going to go awry so yeah it's it's it, it, it but it's difficult i mean it's it we're humans and we do stupid human things so yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and we like our safety. You know, we 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 don't particularly like change, and we like we like our safety for the most part, don't we? And what you're speaking of there is 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 my experience. You know, I, I resisted, 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 fought the universe tooth and nail. You know, held on to my addictions for as long as I possibly could, and almost died. And and to, you know, the universe had to pull them out of my tightly clenched hands, basically. And um, and then I was led every step of the way but uh but i didn't give up without a fight you know so but uh yeah quick question before we let you go because i do want to honor your time and i thank you for being with us but you said you went to the college of psychical studies now that's not the same thing as arthur finley is it the yeah finley college is is a is a um i think a mediumship training college the college of psychic studies was set up by arthur conan doyle who was the author of sherlock holmes um or he was one of the founding members so it's a it's a a lovely institute in um, south kensington in london and i was guided there i mean i think literally this was early on um and i think literally a guide stepped into my field and walked me there pushed me through the door and then left because I have this experience of hearing the door click shut behind me and sort of coming to in the hallway because I wouldn't have found the place um and I had the first experience of you know in this lifetime it was my first experience of feeling totally at home on this planet and that was I was embraced by the the energy of that place. And literally it did open up and welcome me with with open arms. And I was um, it was, you know, I was very, very fortunate to have found that place. It's still running now and I no longer um, work there or offer any uh, any events there. Um, but it's a great place to go to to get a start, you know, and they do healing and mediumship training and psychic development and animal communication, all sorts of lovely things, dowsing, and and um, it's a great place to uh, to investigate. And now, of course, they're um, they're online, so uh, so that you can check that out. The College of Psychic Studies in South London. And what I what I've and correct me if I'm misspeaking, but um, what I understand in the UK psychics mediums channelers 
um, I don't want to say they're sanctioned, but I mean, they, they have more of a precedent than they do here in the United States. They, it's almost as if they have a, um, like you know, if they're legit, like yeah, they're like, card. A, like a union <laughs> card, right? You know, they, they no, the, no, there isn't something like that. There's, um, and there's a lot of talk now that, that all of those sorts of things should be regulated. And, and, um, I don't know how you would go about doing that, but, um, Maybe there's just more of a history of it here. And there, this country isn't Catholic. So I think that this sort of thing is frowned upon more in, in Catholic countries. Um, and, you know, but and it's weird because my impression, and perhaps only from sort of California, we would think of the states as being, you know, the home of this. But perhaps California is, you know, much more that. And we get a lot of of media and books and and stuff from um that have come out of that uh of that place so we have the impression over here that it's it's much bigger but um but the states is a very very large country huh so um uh so yeah i mean i don't think i think because a lot of people you know, when they ask me what i do and i mentioned it you know usually the conversation will just die within a second and you know and it's like <laughs> because i don't i don't need to have people's approval or sanctioning of what i do so it's fine i don't um i don't mind and sometimes people are, are interested and want to talk more about it but um so i i don't i don't i don't know that it's it's becoming more uh more popular more it's all i think it's always been available it's becoming more mainstream then it's so interesting. I didn't think that it wasn't mainstream there because I'm a school counselor, worked in high school for a long time. I do that by day. And I can assure you that my students wouldn't come to me and sit down. And when I asked them where they're going to go to school, they would say, oh, to Arthur Finley or to the College <laughs> of Psychic Studies. It would be a little bit frowned upon. So, yeah. I'm waiting for I mean, it, well, it, it, it would be here too. That was, it's, 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 a, it's a, a college or a place where you would go of an evening or for weekend workshops and 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 it's it's uh it's a very small small place you know it's but it's a lovely place it's a bit of a gem i think and a, yeah it's going to change well, we need are, to start one i guess there are, right. there are yeah atlanta near atlanta yeah there is one in oh, georgia yeah. but i just haven't Delphi. Delphi. yeah but yeah. i just haven't been able to get in yeah, yeah. you know there's like, and there like places like the institute of noetic studies and those sorts of places you know you have you have a lot of those, don't you? The Omega Institute. That's true. Yeah. In Virginia Beach, That's I guess. True. We do yeah. have a few. Yeah. Okay. And my good friend, Deborah Mills, who lives in Asheville, is currently um, building uh, the most amazing building for the School of Wholeness and Enlightenment, um, which I think will be opening next year. And that will be in, in Asheville or Ashland? Asheville. Ashville. Well, there's Ashland, Oregon. 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 Yeah. But so is it? So it's Asheville in uh, in uh, in Carolina. So uh, so yeah, check that out. The School of Wholeness and Enlightenment, because that um, yeah, that's going to be. There's a lot of money has gone into building this this gorgeous gorgeous um, building. So that's uh, that will be. I think she's hoping that that opens uh, in about a year's time. Gonna write that down did you have want something else no i was just thinking you know for us here like when people have it tagged on to their bio that they've been at the arthur finley mm -hmm. school then it's like oh they're legit you know right, it's like right. you know where they've it's kind it. of hard to know like like you said how do you quantify someone's ability when we all have such varied you know i think it's just help people people are smiling I, th I, mean, I think the good thing about that would because i spent years sitting in psychic development classes and healing courses and and <laughs> um the president of the college had taken a bit of a shine to me and he basically said whatever you want to do do and so i would be the college representative on many many weekend workshops i would be the key holder and i would tell people where the fire escape was and and do the teas and coffees in the break so i got to sit on weekend workshops with probably over the years hundreds of people from all over the world in you know running weekend training courses on endless endless modalities and so i was exposed to an awful lot and it was it was a wonderful wonderful um 
process for me, you know, just to be exposed to all of these different um, approaches and belief systems. It was, it was, it was utterly extraordinary and a huge, huge gift. Um, and what happened for me, and I was with a teacher, a, a marvelous woman called Julie Soskin for uh, a number of years. And then eventually the teacher would say to the student, okay, you're ready now. Um, and then you would go through an initiation period of giving readings to staff members and, you know, members of the public for free and or at a very low cost. And you would, you know, they would get feedback on how you were doing and then you would be um, allowed to work, you know, to go on to their books as it were. And so that's a very good way to, well, to build a reputation for the school as well as for yourself, um, but also because it's so important to to trust, You're, you know, because it's difficult to trust this process and this intuition as it opens up. And so sitting for years in psychic development um, was a marvellous thing for me with a teacher that I really came to trust, although she terrified me initially. And then knowing that... that um, well, getting the opportunity to do lots and lots of readings um, for people that were willing to give you to give you a chance, you know, to give you an opportunity. They weren't expecting you to be the most amazing psychic. They were, you know, they knew you were a, a probationer. And that was a, a beautiful, beautiful experience. It was a very lovely way to um, move into this world and and to really come to trust my own intuition, um, because that's that's key. But also to have that intuition checked and clarified by people that were much, much more experienced than than I, and and who could say, no, <laughs> you're wrong there, or you're off, you're off there. That's not, you know, you were you were misreading that, and that was just really, really helpful over over and over again. And I think that's that's a rare thing in this world to have that sort of opportunity and so it was it was um it was really really valuable and so now you know that was a long time ago I was there from the end of the 80s um 1989 I think I I walked through those doors and um I don't know where I'd be without that long period of training that really helped me to to deepen into uh my process and to really learn to trust so now I don't even question it as I'm working with somebody. I question it sometimes when I'm sitting on the sofa and I start, you know, I think, oh, I think I'm making that up. But when I'm working with somebody, it just flows and I don't, I don't trust it. Uh, I don't, um, I don't question it at all, you know, so. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing is, 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 you know, every, I think everyone kind of goes through that hurdle, whether you do it organically without going through, a, you know, a college or, you know, some sort of formal training, but everyone kind of goes through that process of, of you know, you, you question, you go, oh, am I, uh, you know, is this, is this right? Is this, you know, but when you finally get to that point where you accept that what you're doing is exactly what you're meant to be doing, it amplifies exponentially your connection, your pathway, and the information that's coming through. Because yeah. the hurdle of yourself, of the human self, that gets in the way. And when you can, when you can set that hurdle aside, it just, it, it opens up so much more and that's, yeah. and, but be able to do that in a, in a guided tutored type of scenario would be just amazing. Would be absolutely amazing. So. It's been great for me, I must admit. And um, yeah, I would recommend anybody work with somebody that, that has more experience because it's, and that, that you really trust, you know, because, uh, well, you have to have people with integrity, you know, showing you the ropes, I think. And that's that's important, really. Like what you said, that sure. is so important. Yeah, integrity sure. has been another theme. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> moving forward. But um, we are so, so thankful to have you here with us. And uh, thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us and the beautiful information you've given uh, to the people that watch this podcast, how can they find you? Uh, well, I want to thank you too, because it's been a lovely opportunity to meet you guys. And uh, I'm really looking forward to your book coming out. So thank you for that. Um, 
My website is www.davidmanningenergywork.com. So that's the best place to find me. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, which is, I think it's just David Manning, actually. Um, and, and there are lots of videos on there. Um, but the website is probably the best place. And then you can sign up for my newsletter and get regular updates on on what's uh, on what's coming up. And my understanding is you're hosting a men's group where you meet with men. No, I was, but that um, there was a, really not much interest in that. So it, it was like that seemed to just fold on its own. I I hosted it because I had asked the question one day, where are all the men? And uh, there wasn't an answer. And it was like, and then that, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll open this out. And, and there was a very small group of men came and, no, and I think probably I wasn't in the right place to be doing that either. I was, it's you know, it might be something that I offer again, um, but uh, but it was something I did for for a while last year. Yeah, fantastic. Love that question to get answered someday. Mm. Where are all the men? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. you know, and and doing this work. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, I would highly recommend your teleconferences and um, individual. Thank you so much. Uh, I I can attest to their benefit they're just magnificent and thank you again thank you so much for spending time with us david oh it's been lovely it really has been thank you very much for inviting me and until yeah. next time thanks for being with us on out on a limb podcast thanks guys mm, bye bye, bye, -bye.